I've entitled the message, What the New Birth Does. What the New Birth Does. One of the great mysteries of the gospel is being born of God. What's more mysterious than that? That I've been birthed by God, that I've been given life that I was not born into this world with. What the new birth does. Now, the new birth or being born of God is called in Scripture being begotten of God. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believed on his name, which were born. Not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. Being born again. Being born from above. Being born of the Spirit. It's called in the Scripture a new creature. A new creation. The new man. The hidden man of the heart, which is not corruptible. Being born of incorruptible seed by the word of God being partakers of the divine nature. Christ in you. The spirit that lusts against the flesh. Christ liveth in me. This is the new heart that God said he would give. The clean heart, David Ask God to create in him. The spirit he puts within us. I believe this is the pure heart the Lord is speaking of when he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. This is the work of grace in us. Being born of God. This is what regeneration is. Now God is one God in three different persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In salvation, God the Father chose who would be saved. God the Son redeemed those people that God chose and put away their sins. And God the Holy Spirit births those people into the kingdom of God. They're born again. Now, is election necessary for your salvation? Yeah. Is redemption necessary for your salvation? Yeah. Is being born from above, being born again, necessary for your salvation? Yes. This is what Paul referred to when he said, we are 
his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, in this passage of scripture, in 1 John, I read the six different things that John says he which is born of God does. Now, I'm interested in this, aren't you? What does the new birth do? And he names six things. He that doeth righteousness is born of God. And this is interesting, and this is important. In the original, it says, he that doeth the righteousness. The definite article is used. He that doeth the righteousness is born of God. He that's born of God does not commit sin. Everyone that loveth is born of God. Whoso believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. He that's born of God overcomes the world. And he that's born of God keepeth himself. Let's take these one at a time. And I feel like I've understood this first one more clearly than I have in the past. Verse 29, chapter 2. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Now, when we hear that, the first thing that we think is what many translations say, he that practices righteousness is born of God. And we think someone who is born of God, it will be seen in the life they live. Their conduct, the things they do. Now, the things we do are very important. We want to honor and glorify our Redeemer by our life, by our conduct, by our attitude, by our spirit. We want to do that. How we live matters. You know, every day I pray for myself that the Lord would cause me to be poor in spirit. I ask the Lord to make me to mourn. I ask the Lord to make me meek before him. I ask the Lord to cause me to hunger and thirst after his righteousness. I ask the Lord to give me this pure heart that will see God. I ask the Lord to make me to be merciful. I ask the Lord to cause me to be a peacemaker. I ask the Lord that I might be privileged by his grace to be persecuted 
for righteousness. I ask this to the Lord. That's the Beatitudes. That's what a believer is. And I want to glorify the Lord like that. I ask the Lord every day to fill me with the fruit of the Spirit. I ask the Lord to fill me with love, with joy, with peace, with long-suffering, with goodness, with gentleness, with faith, with meekness, with temperance. Every believer wants to honor the Lord in their life. If you're born of God, you want to do that. That being said, that is not what is being taught in 1 John chapter 2, verse 29. Uh, if you're born of God, your works will bear it out. Look what it says. If you know that he is righteous. Do you know that? I mean, is that something you're sure of? He is righteous. The righteous father. That's what the Lord called him. Oh, righteous father. The world hath not known thee, but I've known thee. You know that God the Son is righteous. Uh, John called him in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus Christ the righteous. Don't you love that? Jesus Christ the righteous. God the Holy Spirit. I have no doubt that he is speaking specifically of God the Son when he says, if you know that he is righteous. You know that, don't you? Now, do you know no natural man knows that? Every natural man is ignorant of God's righteousness. Remember that in Romans chapter 2? They being ignorant of God's righteousness. Now, they have their concepts of righteousness, but it's only the believer that knows that God is righteous. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, specifically God the Son. John called him in first, the first of this chapter, Jesus Christ the righteous. If you know he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness, in the original, the definite article is there. Everyone that doeth the righteousness. That's the same righteousness that David spoke of. When he said in Psalm 71, 16, I've made mention of thy righteousness, even thine only. You remember how the Lord said to John the Baptist, thus it becometh us to fulfill, to perform, to complete, to do all righteousness. Everything the Lord did, he did as an us. We read in Hebrews eleven four by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained witness, this is God's witness of him, that he was righteous. God testified of his gifts. 
2 Corinthians 5.10, listen to this scripture. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in the body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. It's one or the other. It's not a mixture of the two. Revelation 19, we read of the church being clothed with fine linen, clean and white. And that fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Now, the righteousness of Jesus Christ is the righteousness of the saints. It's not simply Christ's righteousness imputed to the saints. It is the righteousness of the saints. Now, this gives us some idea of what the imputation of righteousness means. Even as David describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. The imputation of righteousness is not God viewing you guilty and then changing it. And now you're viewed before the law of God as not guilty. That is not what is meant by the imputation of righteousness. If God ever sees you as guilty, he doesn't stop seeing you as guilty. He said, these are his words, I will by no means clear the guilty. And he won't. If he ever sees you as guilty, you know that, what's that scripture in Proverbs 17, 15, he that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, they're both alike an abomination to the Lord. If the Lord ever sees me or you as guilty, we stay that way. He will not clear a guilty man. It would be wrong of a judge in an earthly court to clear a guilty man. I'll by no means clear the guilty. You see, this righteousness, the only righteousness, as he is righteous, is not simply my legal standing. Listen to this statement real carefully. God only imputes righteousness where righteousness already is. He doesn't look at you as guilty and then say, well, I'm going to make you righteous. He only imputes righteousness where righteousness already is. Justification means I have never sinned. Now, that's what it means if God has justified me. It means everything done in my body is the doing of the righteousness all the things done by Christ I have done and this describes all who believe they do the righteousness look in 1 John chapter 3 verse 7 little children let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness. Now, once again, the definite article's there. He that doeth 
the righteousness. What is the righteousness? It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And when he did righteousness, I did righteousness. And that's what this is a reference to. He that doeth right. I do righteousness. Listen, I've got a history that has nothing but perfect obedience and perfect righteousness. God sees that and he imputes righteousness to me. He only imputes what's really there. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. Now all of these people that do the righteousness, they've been born of God. Without exception. Now, I repeat, we care very much about our lives. And somebody who's indifferent about their conduct and their lives, I don't take, even take them seriously as being a believer. But this is not talking about us doing righteous, living real good, and that proves we're born of God. Doesn't mean that at all. Okay, 1 John chapter 3, verse 9. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Does it really say that? Yes. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Let's go on reading. For his seed, the seed of God, the new birth, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. His seed. Abides. In him, and he cannot sin. He lacks the ability to sin. Why? Because he's born of God. Can God sin? Now you can answer that easily. Can God sin? Absolutely not. You know why he cannot lie? Because he cannot sin. There are some things God cannot do. He cannot act contrary to his nature. He cannot act contrary to any of his attributes. He cannot sin. I've heard uh, people uh, talk about the Lord Jesus when he walked upon this earth as if he could have sinned. Uh, where's the virtue in his obedience and his resisting of temptation if he couldn't have sinned? He couldn't sin. <laughs> he could not sin. That person that's born of God, can God give birth to that which is sinful? No. His birth is the holy seed, the new nature, the new man. He cannot sin. He's unable to sin because he's born of God. Now, somebody's thinking about this. What about the fact that I still sin? That's big talk. But what about the fact that I still sin? Well, you're sinning with the nature you were born with. 
It's still there. And you won't get rid of it till you die. It's still there. Paul speaks in Romans 7 of, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. To will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. Now, every believer has two natures. The old man and the new man. That's what the scripture says. The new man is called a new creation. One that was not there before God put it there. The old man and the new man. That which is born of the flesh and that which is born of the spirit. I think of what our Lord said when he came to the disciples sleeping. And he said, the spirit indeed is what? Willing. Willing. To will is present with me. But the flesh is weak, powerless. Now, what is the issue here? Well, it's what the Bible teaches. And to deny two separate natures says two things. Number one, it's a denial of what regeneration is in the first place. A new creation. Something that was not there before. Number two, it's a denial of the doctrine of total depravity. You see, total depravity says that everything about me is sinful and a, a denial of the two natures says God by his grace does something to the old man and makes him different. No, the old man is just going to be put to death one of these days. Gone. The new man is the act of God in the new birth, giving a new man, a new creature that was not there before. First John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now, there is the love between a husband and a wife. And aren't we thankful for that? There's the love the parents have for their children. Aren't we thankful for that love? There's the love of siblings. There's the love of friends. So there, there are friends who love each other so much they die for one another. There's a love for your country where, where the people, of the, you die for them. You go to war, you die for the principles that are upheld in that country. That's a real love. And thank God for those kind of loves. But you can have all those loves and not have the love he's speaking of here. He says, everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now, what this is talking about is a love for God himself. Yes, it includes a love for his people and a love for men. But first of all, it's a love for God himself. Remember the scripture, Romans eight twenty eight. We know that all things work together for good to them that what? Love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Do you love 
the God who is sovereign. Do you? Do you love the God who is holy? Do you love the God who is absolutely just? Absolute justice. Do you love the God who's love? Do you love the God who's all-powerful? Do you love the God of the scriptures? Do you love his word? Do you love how he saves by Christ? Do you love that he gets all the glory and salvation? Do you love God? Do you love him as he's revealed in his word? Do you love his immutability, the fact that he never changes? Do you love his independence, how he really has no needs outside of himself? Every attribute of God revealed in the word you love. And you are grieved in your heart because you love him when you hear anyone say anything that's contrary to who he is. Why? Because you love him. That's why now there's some people that they can uh, be okay with error because they don't really love him. If you love him, you are grieved with anything that's contrary to him. Look in 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, the latter part of the verse. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that's begotten of him. Anybody that loves God you love. Anybody that he has birthed into his kingdom and given this nature that loves God, that believes the gospel, that has repentance toward God, who perseveres looking to Christ only. You love that person. The reason you love that person is they love the same one you love. Now, I said this recently. If Lynn would say to me that she loved somebody as well as she did me, I'd be upset. If she said she loved somebody better than me, I'd be real upset. But if she says she loves God more than me, I'm happy. I want it to be that way. I wouldn't want it to be any other way. If she loves Christ better than she loves me, I love it. Don't want it to be any other way. And the believer has a love toward men that a natural man can't really enter into. You see, I want men to have what I have, Christ, his salvation, his grace, knowing him. I want men, I want men if, you, now if, if I didn't love somebody, I wouldn't want them to have what I have, but if I love them, I, I want them to have what I have. And an unbeliever really can't enter into that. Everyone that loveth, this love, is born of God. Without exception. Chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Write her down. It's already written. You don't have to. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ do you know for sure that you're saved without any doubt whatsoever you know for sure as soon as I ask you that 
if you're honest, you'll say, well, I hope I am. But you know, there, there, are times, there are times where you wonder, could I think things like that? Could I do things like that? Should never think that way, but we do. It's called the flesh. Uh, I believe, help thou my unbelief. The unbelief is always there. You ask a believer if he's sure he's saved, he might not be sure, but you ask a believer if he's sure that Jesus is the Christ, yes. Yes. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe he's God's prophet. The word of God, like no other prophet. He never said, I love this, he never said, thus saith the Lord. He said, I say to you. Oh, what a priest. He's, he's not like those Old Testament priests who were sinful in and of themselves and they would bring the blood of an animal that could never take away sin. He's the one who's holy, harmless, undefiled, and he brings his own blood into the Father's presence, and the Father's satisfied with what he did. He's a king like no other king. Every other king, whatever authority they have is what he gave them. They have no power at all. I love what the Lord said to Pilate when Pilate said, don't you know I have power to crucify you and I have power to release you? He said, you could have no power at all over me except it be given thee from above. Everything that you do that you suppose it's by your power is what God appointed for you and caused for you to do. His power is inherent power. He's God's king. And you're relying on him as God's word to you. You're relying on him as the priest to represent you. You're relying on him as the king whose will must be done, and he will save you. Whoso believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Okay, verse 4, chapter 5. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And we're not left to speculate as to what he means by that. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. He that is born of God overcomes the world. Now look back in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, that is of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now what is this thing of overcoming the world? Does it mean that through grace I have less trouble than I used to with the lust of the flesh? And I'm gradually moving away from that and becoming better. One of these days I'll be perfect. Does it mean I no longer have any concern about the lust of the eyes? What men see, what men think, 
and I have no concern. I'm just growing past that. It doesn't give me the trouble it used to. And the pride of life. Why? I'm becoming less proud. I'm becoming more humble. I certainly am not having the problem with pride. I once did. (laughs) Y'all know that ain't so. What is the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith. Whoso believeth that Jesus is the Son of God overcomes the world. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And you overcome the world. Last verse 18 of this chapter. 1 John chapter 5. We know Do you? We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Well, we've already covered that. He can't sin. He's born of God. And I think it's interesting how all the, uh, uh, about every other different translation says uh, he doesn't practice sin. He doesn't practice sin. Well, that's not what it says. It says he doesn't sin, period. He that is born of God sinneth not. But he that's begotten of God keepeth himself. And that wicked one toucheth him not. He that's begotten of God keepeth himself. He watches over himself. He's suspicious of himself. He guards himself. You know what that looks like? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I want to be a worshiper of the Father. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Not my will, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me what I need. I'm totally dependent upon you. Give me what I need. Forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner and I need forgiven. And forgive me of my sins. And I not only am I one, do I want to be a forgiven sinner, I want to be a forgiving sinner. Forgive me of my sins as I forgive those that are indebted to me. And lead me not into temptation. Let me not be tried. I know enough about my weakness and sinfulness. If I'm, if I'm faced with a temptation, I know what's going to happen, so don't let me be tempted. Lead me not into temptation. This is watching yourself, isn't it? This is guarding yourself. Keep me from evil. Keep me from this evil. Keep me. I'm my greatest enemy. Deliver me from the wicked one. Deliver me from this wicked world. Keep me from evil. For thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory forever. Now that is watching yourself. That is seen in this prayer. This tells us what a believer is. Just in the simplicity of this prayer. Now there is such a thing as being born of God. 
He that doeth thee righteousness is born of God. He that's born of God doth not commit sin. He can't sin. The seed of God remains in him. He's born of God. Everyone that loveth is born of God. Whoso believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. He that's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And he that's born of God keepeth himself. And the wicked one toucheth him not. And you know why? There's nothing there for him to work with. That new nature, uh, the, Satan doesn't know infallibly whether you and I are one of the elect. If he did, he wouldn't, he'd know there's no use. But he doesn't know infallibly whether you and I are the elect, and he'll do everything he can to keep us from looking to Christ. But he can't touch that which is born of God. Remember what when the Lord said the prince of this world has come has found nothing in me, nothing to work with. Now in your flesh, he's got plenty to work with, doesn't he? But in this new man, born of God, he has nothing to work with. And that one who's born of God keeps himself. May the Lord make every one of us born of God. Let's pray. Lord, we ask in Christ's name that we might be doers of thee righteousness. That we might be righteous, that we might do the righteousness even as he is righteous. Lord, we ask that we might have that nature that does not commit sin. We ask that you would cause us to love we ask that we might believe that thy son is the Christ. We ask that we might overcome the world. And we ask that you would give us the grace, being born of you, to keep ourselves. Bless this message for Christ's sake. In his name we pray. Amen.